Mongrel, miscegenator, half-breed, outcast, deviant, heretic. Our words for hybridity are so often epithets. They shouldn't be. Hybrids need not be the problem. It could be the solution. Hybrids do more than embody mixtures between groups. Hybrids reveal the boundaries between groups to be false. And this is vital, for creativity comes from intermingling, from rejecting the lifelessness of purity. Mosin Hamid, Discontent and its Civilizations. Next time they ask you where you're from, you tell them I'm from every goddamn place you're crushing with your thumb. And if they wonder who you are, well, this time don't say nothing, you just pick up your guitar. Welcome to White Adjacent. I'm your host, David Shams, an Iranian-American writer and wannabe podcaster, born and raised in the heart of Kentucky's bourbon country. Growing up in my rural Kentucky hometown, there were whites, blacks, and then us with our Iranian immigrant father and white American mother. It took moving away from my hometown to realize there were others like us, struggling to figure out what it meant to have competing identities, what it meant to be hyphenated, what it meant to straddle whiteness and otherness, what it meant to be white adjacent. On this episode, I'm joined by Shireen Wertheim, an Iranian-American living in the D.C. area. Shireen and her siblings grew up in the suburbs uh, of D.C. with their American father and their Iranian mother. She spent much of her life navigating the challenges of being white adjacent and is now back in the area after several years abroad. Shireen, welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to be here. Awesome. Well, I I wanted to start where uh, I've started with everyone else. Uh, What was it like growing up being Iranian-American? Well, <laughs> um, for me, I would say overall, it, it's been a very positive experience. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I definitely take a lot of pride in my Iranian mm-hmm. cultural heritage. Right. And um, yeah, it's, I've, um, yeah, I, hmm. <laughs> yeah, you, you have a, a, a bit of a unique uh, situation, right? Where um, most of us who have one Iranian parent, one non-Iranian parent that they met here in the U.S., your parents met somewhere else, right? Yes. My parents met uh, in Iran, actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm in a lot of ways, I'm, I'm fortunate because mm-hmm. my father um, lived in Iran for a long time and um, was integrated into the culture and, mm-hmm. and speaks the language fluently. Right. So, you know, my experience is um, being half Iranian is probably quite different from a lot of people who, whose non-Iranian parent doesn't speak the language right. or might not know the culture as well. So, yeah, I was a joke and say that my father is Iranian by marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he um, spent almost a decade there. What what led him to Iran and, and what kept him in Iran for, for longer than most other, you know, interlocutors, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, my father was there, um, as a grad student, Mm -hmm. um, pursuing a PhD in Persian history and, um, you know, fell in love with the, the language Mm -hmm. and the culture and history and my mother. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Um, yes. So yeah, that, um, that, kept him there for mm-hmm. close to a decade. And, you know, even after moving back, um, my father and mother made a lot, a great effort to really instill, you know, a love of the culture mm-hmm. in us. Um, and even though we weren't able to go back to Iran frequently, mm-hmm. um, I, I've been once, mm-hmm they made sure that we were still, you know, um, immersed in the culture and the language. I grew up speaking both English and Persian at home. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for me, I guess not being able to go to Iran, um, frequently my stand in, if you will, would be (laughs) like going to Los Angeles (laughs) or Tehran. So I have, um, 
in my part of my Iranian family there. Mm. And so that for me was always, you know, like, it felt like going to the motherland. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said about, um, going to LA and then going to, to Persian square, uh, in Westwood and, uh, walking around and, and like not feeling like you're out of place <laughs> or, yeah. or walking into the, there's like a Seven Eleven, and they'll like the moment I walked in, the woman was like, Oh, you're here for the Persian like liquor. Right. And really? I was like, wait, what? Yeah. That's because you you look <laughs> typically Iranian. This is true. No yeah. one would ever ask me that. Uh, it's funny because I have some other questions, but we can we can go into that because at the the event uh, that we were both at uh, last week, I think there was like an interaction where that kind of that that kind of uh, happened, where one of the, the the people there went to introduce himself to you. At, with his American name. And then you responded back like, Oh, I'm sharing. And he was like, Oh, so I should just tell you my <laughs> Iranian name. Yeah. Uh, I get that a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't look typically Iranian, so, you know, most people would not assume mm-hmm. that I have any kind of uh, Persian background. Yeah. So it's, it's funny to me because uh-huh. it's kind of, you know, to see people's surprise when right. I speak Persian or right. tell them my name. What typically happens? Because uh, I know that you've talked about um, you know speaking Persian fluently and then um, going into events and, and speaking Persian and throwing people off. Like, what is usually the response? Do they like think that you've just learned it somewhere, or that do they, you know, how, how does that usually happen for you? Well, yeah, there's usually like a, a range of reactions. Uh-huh. I mean, always surprise, yeah. but um, yeah, sometimes, you know, people will um, think that you know, I've just learned it or, mm-hmm. um, you know, continue to speak to me in English, which mm-hmm. I find really irritating <laughs> if I'm speaking to them in Persian, right. you know, but, um, you know, I usually just say it right off the bat that. I'm, you know, half Iranian mm-hmm. and I grew up speaking the language. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, um, it's funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> it can also be a bit irritating just because, you know, it's, it's very superficial. You mm-hmm. know, what does an Iranian look like? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I've had that. Uh, I don't know if we had this conversation in our, in our pre-interview, but I had the conversation where, um, some Iranians have said to me, you don't look Iranian. And then my response back is, is that too. It's like, well, what does Iranian look like? And it's like, oh, okay, well. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a whole wide range like of how we look as Iranians. Like mm-hmm. there are, you know, Afro-Iranians. There are, um, I mean, the, the famous soccer player from the 80s, late 80s, early 90s through the 90s looks more Asian than he does look you know, Middle Eastern. So that there's that, but yeah. And I, that speaks to, you know, the multiculturalism, mm-hmm. um, and multi-ethnic society yeah. in Iran and stuff, not a monolith. Right. So, but of course, you know, there's a, you can usually spot like a typical <laughs> Iranian, but you know, then there's everyone else who yeah. doesn't fall into that category. Definitely. So, um, Growing up, you said that your parents made sure that you um, had, you embraced the culture, that there were cultural aspects of it so that you knew kind of what it was like being Iranian. What were some of the things that they did um, and how did they kind of have those conversations with you or was it just like there and you just kind of were in it, immersed in it all the time? Yeah, I mean, I would say pretty much immersed, but Mm -hmm. they definitely, you know, did things to make sure that it was reinforced like outside of mm-hmm. the home, which are, you know, now I can really appreciate mm-hmm. things like um, taking us to Persian school on Saturday mm-hmm. mornings, which at the time was, you know, I hated because right. what kid likes to go to school on Saturday, Saturday. morning. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I met um, one of my, my oldest and one of my dearest friends, mm-hmm. uh, Persian school, and right. we're still close friends. Um, and, um, we went to, we'd go to a lot of cultural events too. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, living in the DC area, we'd 
anytime there was some kind of Persian event at like the Sackler or Freer, mm-hmm. we would go and also was exposed to Iranian cinema mm-hmm. and um, music. And my mother, she would tell us like Persian um, fairy tales, mm-hmm. I guess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Um so those were actually always my favorite. I mm-hmm. loved the Persian, you know, stories of my childhood. All right. Yeah. Did you, like when you were growing up, did you find yourself uh, trying to hang out with other Iranian kids or um, was that a, like, was it just through Persian school or did you have Iranian friends that were at the elementary or middle school or even into high school? Um, yeah. Well, I've, like I said, uh, my my one friend that I met there, mm-hmm. we we've been friends, you know, since the first grade. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't actually I didn't go to school with that many Iranians, mm-hmm. to be honest. There were never, you know, maybe more than one or two okay. in my school. Um, but I had Afghan friends. Okay. Um, I you know I guess and friends from you know multicultural backgrounds right. from. Um, South Asia, you know, um, other parts of Asia, mm-hmm. all over. So okay. I guess I, you could say I kind of maybe was gravitated towards mm-hmm. that because I always knew that it was, you know, maybe somehow different. Mm-hmm. Um, than, what kind of made gave you that feeling? Were there anything, any specific things that happened or what? Well, um I wouldn't say it's specific, but, you know, just knowing that I spoke another language at Mm -hmm. home and, you know, my grandmother doesn't speak English, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which, you know, I could kind of relate to uh, the kids who, you know, were first generation. Right. So maybe whose parents didn't speak English at home. Mm -hmm. Um, Was there ever any sort of like for you, any like tension, like there have been some other guests who talk about how um, like when their grandparents came or even their parents, like their parents would try to speak to them in, in Persian um, outside the home. And there would be this like, uh, what are you doing? Like, what? like <laughs> n- not here, mom or not here, <laughs> grandma, or, uh, you yeah. know, you know, whatever. Like, was there any, anything like that that you and had or like a kind of sense of feeling of embarrassment? Yeah. I I wouldn't say so. Um, if anything, it was kind of like cool because mm-hmm. we had this language we could yeah. speak that okay. no one else could understand. <laughs> so, I mean, I actually, I hate to admit it, but like, you know, growing up, my parents would speak to us in Persian and uh, my brothers and I would usually respond in English. So, okay. <laughs> which I think it's is more you, defiant than anything. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But it, it seeped in somehow. But, you know, whenever we were out, um, mm-hmm. then I would want to definitely speak Persian, mm-hmm. especially if I didn't want other people knowing. Yeah. So, And I was got a kick out of speaking Persian with my father. Um, mm-hmm. No, when we're out, because uh, neither of us looks Persian right. <laughs> in the slightest. So it's, you know, we get a lot of looks and mm-hmm. people are like, People have even asked what language we're speaking because they have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, How did your, you know, uh, you've talked a little bit about how your Iraniness played out at home. Like your parents were always like they were speaking Persian. They, 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 you know, had uh, made sure that the culture was was there for you. Um, Was there any like, you know, I think some some other people have talked about how, um you know, like no ruse was like one portion mm-hmm. and then like Christmas was another. And then there was like a kind of a melding of the two or like both were put on, on pedestals equally. Mm-hmm. Like was that, did that sort of thing happen for you as well? And like, how did the, those sort of holidays, I don't know, interact, I guess. Yeah. So, um, we definitely celebrated both. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, my family is not, Christian mm-hmm. or religious. Right. Um, so Christmas was just kind of a fun thing to do yeah. <laughs> and, you know, presents. presents. So, <laughs> um, but I always, you know, loved Noruz because 
to me, it, it had like almost more meaning mm-hmm. because, you know, it, you know, not being Christian, there right. was no real meaning to Christmas for me. But mm-hmm. for Noruz, it was, you know, um, an ancient Persian celebration right. and, and, and um, you know, celebrating rebirth and mm-hmm. the beginning of spring. So I always loved Noruz and still do. And we would set the half scene mm-hmm. and um, my mom make, you know, a special meal mm-hmm. for for the for the new year mm-hmm. and uh, we would get presents too <laughs> so right yeah the best of both worlds really yeah so when you were i guess w- once you like realized that you were different how did you yourself start to navigate your iranianness within the american society yeah non-iranian society I I guess um, I've come to, I guess, really um, maybe appreciate and understand the influence that growing up, you know, Iranian American has had on me, mm-hmm. the older I've gotten. When I was younger, you know, it was just kind of, I never really thought about it. It was mm-hmm. just, you know, right. who I am and how I live. Yeah. But yeah, the older I get, the more I realize that, you know, how it's influenced me as a, as a person mm-hmm. and, and some of, you know, the, my worldviews are, you know, the way I interact with people mm-hmm. are pretty different in a lot of ways than, mm-hmm. you know, someone who maybe didn't grow up in that culture. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think on the whole, it's, I'm, I'm really, um, lucky in that I've gotten, the good aspects of both cultures, like, you know, it can be difficult to kind of mm-hmm. to uh, meld the two, but right. I feel like I've really come away with, uh, you know, the positive aspects mm-hmm. from both. And I feel really grateful for that. Can you give some examples of how that's like, it's um, when you've interacted with other people, how like that's kind of played a role? Um, yeah, well, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, in Persian culture, generosity and hospitality are, mm-hmm. you know, extremely important. Mm-hmm. So I guess I just notice kind of differences and, um, interacting maybe some like, uh, my white American <laughs> friends or right. colleagues and, yeah. you know, I will, it's ingrained in me to always, you know, want to, to pay or, you know, Mm -hmm. to treat other people and which I, I love to do, but you know, it does not always reciprocate it. And I'm like, well, (laughs) um, (laughs) so there's that. And, um, I don't know. I mean, maybe just like the sense of like fam, like caring about being, close with my family Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the, um, the care that we extend to, you know, not just our immediate relatives, but the extended family as well. Mm. Okay. So I'm, I'm sure that exists also in other cultures, but I think that's something that I've really taken Mm -hmm. away. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I'll switch gears a little bit and, um, and kind of go into like your dad's family a little bit. We talked about this in the pre-interview, like even they had some experience with Iran. Could Mm -hmm. you go into that and kind of describe that or discuss that a little bit? Yeah. So my, uh, my grandfather was a cultural attache, Mm -hmm. um, in Iran for the, for the U S yes. Uh, in the sixties. So Mm -hmm. that's, um, my father's first exposure to the country mm-hmm. and uh, his, you know, his family lived there for several years mm-hmm. and um, he decided uh, he was at, in college at that point and decided to take a year off and um, live with them and immerse himself in, mm-hmm. in the culture. Um, so I guess that's, yeah, that's what got him, <laughs> you know, set him on the path yeah. to, <laughs> 
studying Persian and, and then pursuing a PhD and then ultimately marrying an Iranian. Yeah. Um, and, um, and also discovering his love of um, textile mm-hmm. art, and, which has been his uh, lifelong profession and passion. Mm-hmm. And so how did uh, either family, uh, both your mom's family and your dad's family, um, how did they interact with each other? Did they ever interact with each other? How, how was their, like, um, how did they take the, the, the relationship between the two? Yeah. So fortunately, I think both, uh, families were, you know, thrilled with the marriage (laughs) and, um, my parents are married in Iran and, you know, they lived there for a couple of years after, Mm -hmm. um, getting married and it definitely helped that my father spoke Persian. Right. And um, my my mother comes from, you know, I wouldn't say a traditional family mm-hmm. um, of, you know, an educated family, matriarchal in many ways. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they really embraced him. And um, same with my father's family. They you know, embraced my mother and, and mm-hmm. loved her like a daughter. And um my one point my Iranian and American grandmothers lived together, oh, wow. <laughs> which is funny because here in the U S or yeah, in the U S. Um, so yes, it was, um, you know, melding of the, the two families. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because like, like I said, in the kind of in the beginning, like you had this, you have this unique experience of being, Iranian American and and your parents having met in Iran, whereas usually it's, they meet here and, you know, there's not really much exchange, but, um, do you, I don't know. Um, how how, did you all like spend time with other Iranians here or, um, how did your parents, did your parents kind of integrate into the Iranian community or was there any sort of, how, how was that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we did. Ha- we have, you know, Iranian family friends, mm-hmm. um, but I wouldn't say it was as integrated as, you know, um, maybe some families or both parents mm-hmm. are Iranian. Um, so, you know, and in, in some places, you know, Iranians tend to, you know, stick to their own social circles. Right. And I think it can be common for um, you know, for Iranian parents, especially immigrants to this country to maybe not have as many, uh, non-Iranian friends, mm-hmm. but, you know, having an American father obviously, mm-hmm. um, was different. So we had, you know, we do have Iranian friends, but I wouldn't say that was, you know, the predominant, mm-hmm. um, social dynamic. Right. Um, and you said you you all went to Iran once, right? Or mm-hmm. yeah, I went once as a child, okay. um, and that but that was like twenty years ago. Okay. Yeah. So have your siblings been, or your siblings went with you then at that point as well, right? One brother went. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, and you know, hope to to go back one day. <laughs> so knock on wood, everyone. I think that's the the common theme is that we all want to to go and, and spend some extensive time there as well. So, yeah. Um, I have some like, uh, like there's some like themes that have come up in, in, in conversations before, uh, you know, have, have you ever felt like there's a, like consequence in your like professional life or even in your social life, whenever you, uh, tell people that you're Iranian American, like non Iranians. Mm. So like outside of that, you know, kind of funny interaction, but, you know, just in the professional or even social sense. Um, do you mean negative consequence or just, yeah. Like, you know, some people have said that, you know, there's like a, I'll give an example for, for example, this past weekend I was at, uh, my mother-in-law's birthday party and someone was asking me what I did. And I kind of told them about being active in the Iranian American community. And there was like this immediate, like, closing off of the conversation. Oh, wow. Like, oh. And then, like, no more questions were asked. 
So I was like, okay, well, <laughs> that was the wrong. Do Yeah. So um, stuff like that, or like, have there been any like other? Like, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say so. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just by like virtue of where I've lived and mm-hmm. grown up, um, and. I would say probably to a large extent based on how I look mm-hmm. because I'm, you know, I'm pretty fair skinned mm-hmm. and I don't look, you know, typically Iranian or mm-hmm. Middle Eastern. Right. No one would assume it. Right. Um, and only those who, you know, know the language would infer from my name, uh, you know, unless I told them. Right. So I can't say it's ever been an, a hindrance or I've had a negative reaction. Mm-hmm. Usually it's more one of surprise or, mm-hmm. okay. you know, curiosity. Okay. Got it. Um, also, there's like whenever uh, a few people brought up the, the idea that like whenever they were in school and they their parents would pack their lunch for them. Uh, I never had this problem because my parents wouldn't pack my lunch. So I just ate lunch at school, Mm -hmm. but, uh, kids would say that they didn't want their parents to like send them along with any horish because like, it was clearly like the, the marker for them (laughs) and the kids, the kids at school would just be like, uh, no, like, what is this? Like, gross. Like, was that your experience or did you have any other kind of funny, like, yeah, I never, uh, so I kind of wish my mom had packed Horish for yeah. me, but no, I mean, I, she did pack my lunch, but it was pretty standard stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, having friends over for dinner, they right. would always be, you know, introduced to Persian <laughs> food. And I would say most really loved it. Right. And a lot, you know, it was like, be really excited to come over for dinner because they knew they were going to get a good meal. One thing I must, um, what I um, can say is that I realized how lucky I had it at home compared to a lot of people's, Mm -hmm. you know, families that really didn't cook or, you know, (laughs) their idea of cooking was like mac and cheese out of a box. And, you know, my mom is a great cook and my grandmother also lived with us and Mm -hmm. would cook. So we'd get, you know, full on yeah, Persian meals most mm-hmm. nights. Yeah. So. so, so is your mom's meal? Are they from Tehran or are they from another part of uh, Iran? They're from Tehran. Okay, got it. I didn't know, like some some like families are they're in Tehran, but they're actually like Shirazi or like Mashadi or like Tehranzi, yeah. So no, as far as I know, they're they're um, Tehrani going back several generations. Okay. Yeah. Um. And. I guess the other question, another kind of question that, that I like asking is um, like what in terms of like, because um, there's a big debate among Iranian Americans or Iranians in general about like whether or not we're white. <laughs> um, so like one, like have you had that conversation or have you thought a lot about that or um, have you read the book Limits of Whiteness by Netta Magbula? I haven't. You actually introduced me to it, and it's I've, it's on my reading list yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. Well, it's something that I've definitely thought about mm-hmm. more critically. Um, right. The older I've gotten, um, and you know, I, I grew up was hearing from my mom that Iranians are white, yeah. and not because she thinks that's you know a privileged status, but I guess it's just something that's you know. Mm-hmm been ingrained um and you know the 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 older i get the more i kind of reject that label and Mm. and i realize that you know i don't i think if there's um something special to you know being um iranian Mm. and i want that to come through i don't Mm. you know i think just being lumped into this category doesn't mm-hmm. um, do justice to, you know, the the ancient history and culture of Iran and, you know, the uniqueness mm-hmm. of the people and the culture. Do you, do you have any, like, 
thoughts on why Iranians want to be labeled as white or like what their like affinity with like whiteness is? Well, I mean, obviously, um, and unfortunately, being white has always been a privileged status. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in, in America. So being an immigrant, you know, it's, um, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess maybe in some ways it's a way of trying to, you know, assimilate into mm-hmm. the dominant culture and right. maybe set themselves apart from other immigrants as well mm-hmm. and um you know just uh the connotations of mm-hmm. <laughs> white being superior and, yeah. and um you know i i fully reject that and right. i i you know i want i look forward to reading this book but <laughs> i think we have a lot of work to do within our community to kind of de program mm-hmm. or decolonize our minds to a certain <laughs> right. extent. Yeah, I think you'll in- enjoy the book. Uh, Ned has done a really good job of uh, breaking down like where we are in terms of, you know, in, in the, in the, in America and like where we stand and how far we've come and um, like what, like the limits of whiteness kind of like it is twofold. It's a twofold like uh, title. So one, it's like we were, you know, in terms of picking out citizenship, you know, for a long time, you had to be white in order to gain citizenship as an immigrant. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the limit of that whiteness was Iran. Mm-hmm. So if like you came from Iran, then you were, you could be considered white. So anything further to the East was not considered white. Interesting. And so there, there are these legal arguments that she breaks down and talks about that. But then <clears throat> she talks about, also the social aspect of it and how like we're not uh you know we're we're legally white but socially we're not white mm-hmm. and so there's that limit to to the whole whiteness issue um so i'll move into some a, a more uh lighter topic i guess <laughs> um and we kind of talked about these things uh when we when we met a few weeks ago uh What's your comfort food? Like when you go home and you want your mom to like make you a dish, like what? You could, it could be two or three, but like, what were what would be yours? Definitely polo. Some is uh, polo choresh. Mm-hmm. Um, I love rice. <laughs> <laughs> I could eat it for yeah. lunch and dinner. Okay, every day. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, I my comfort food is definitely. Um, Persian, mm-hmm. you know, my mom or grandma's cooking. Yeah. Um, what Horish is your favorite? Huh, that's hard, but uh, <laughs> you it's could really... pick like two or three. If okay, you want. Yeah. it's my top two would be um, Fesenjan mm-hmm. and Horish um, Teqime. Okay, got it. Badimjan. Right. Um, and I love Tadik. Of course, everyone <laughs> like loves Tadik. Like any Tadik. chew Iranian. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your favorite uh, Persian restaurant? Do you have a favorite one in the city? Um, it doesn't have to be here if you know of one in another place that you like. Yeah, um, there are two that I really like in Virginia. Mm-hmm. One is Shamshiri and mm-hmm. the other is Alborz. Alborz. They're right across the street from each other, right? And they're kind um, of, uh, they, they're split. Like, Yeah, I hear <laughs> there's some kind of sibling rivalry. Um, yeah, they're pretty close together, okay. but... I feel I feel that you know each of them does certain dishes really well. Okay. So I'll do which ones do which ones? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think in my <laughs> humble opinion, uh, Shamshiri does uh, amazing khoresh uh, Okay, like I'm I love their qayme. It's, it's amazing, and um, uh, Al Bors does a really good. Fess and John and a really good sheeting polo. (laughs) Um, This, I didn't plan this one, but I was just thinking about it. So uh, at Thanksgiving, what what do you all do for Thanksgiving? Do you do like Persian food and then a turkey or do you do like, (laughs) is it all American? We do a hybrid actually, which is, I guess maybe. um, Makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) 
So usually we obviously have turkey, but we uh, usually have, um, my mom will usually make uh, bagali polo to mm-hmm. go with it. And they pair really well. Bagali polo is with the uh, lima beans or fava beans, Yeah. Right? Okay. And then it has the like, usually has lamb in it. Yeah, you can make it that way. We usually don't put the meat in okay. the rice. So, yeah. And then, you know, the the usual sides okay. uh, for Thanksgiving. So. <laughs> awesome. Uh, what was your favorite place to visit or what has been your favorite place to visit? In the anywhere, world? Anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. <laughs> oh, that's hard. Um, well, I, I feel a strong affinity for the Middle East. Mm-hmm you know, beyond Iran. Um, so I studied Arabic um, throughout college and then I lived in Syria and Morocco. And okay. So I, I really love the Arab world, mm-hmm. especially Syria. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know, maybe in some ways I, you know, used it as a surrogate right. okay. you know, for, for Iran or... Yeah. But I think there's a lot of overlap mm-hmm. and, you know, commonalities between okay. our cultures. And um, unfortunately, you know, there's there, there are prejudices in, among some Iranians. Right. But, I, you know, the I would say the cultures are actually very similar in, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. And, you know, the emphasis on hospitality and, right. you know, family and that kind of stuff. Okay. If you could live anywhere... Where would it be? Oh, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the kind of person who doesn't um, sit still for long. Okay. So <laughs> I've noticed that based on what you've talked about and where you've gone and, and where you've worked. So yeah. yeah. Um. <clears throat> well, probably somewhere warm and tropical, <laughs> as you know. Yeah. We're looking to- forward towards fall and winter. Um. Hmm. That's hard to say. I can't really see myself like living in one place long term, uh-huh. I guess. Um, I really love traveling mm-hmm. and um, experiencing new cultures. So my ideal would, I guess, maybe be living in a different place every few years. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. That that works. And so when you, you said that uh, when we had our, our previous conversation a few weeks ago, um, you had worked in, in different places and, um, I gathered that you were a, a bit of a polyglot and you could speak multiple languages. Uh, was that something that kind of grew out of you learning Persian growing up or was that just something that, that kind of just happened? Um, well, I think that growing up bilingual, it, you know, maybe conditions a brain to mm-hmm. make it easier to learn other languages. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I studied French in school and I speak of, you know, professional proficiency in French mm-hmm. and I've used it a lot um, in my career. Mm-hmm. And I studied Arabic for a long time. Mm-hmm. Can't claim to have mastered it. <laughs> it's a really hard language. Mm-hmm. But um, I love um, learning languages and something I've been drawn to and I've, I guess, been good at as well. Okay. Um and I like it's also kind of a an entry into a a new culture mm-hmm. and, in a society. So that's also what I love about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the a few of the other um, people that I've interviewed talk about how um, they accessed uh, the Iranian community through learning Persian, like language as access, right? <clears throat> and then there are some of us like myself uh, and, and a few other people who um, don't speak Persian, but have accessed the Iranian community through activism. Um, you clearly speak Persian, but is that, I guess, is that how you've chosen to get involved post like college? And now that you're back in the, in, in the U S um, is, is that, are you getting involved because you want to, because you believe in the the things that the community is wanting to do, or is it just like wanting to kind of just get, stay connected with the community? What's your. Yeah. I mean, um, 
So the lang- knowing the language, I'd say, <laughs> has facilitated a lot of mm-hmm. um, relationships. You know, there are, um, I have friends from Iran that I communicate mm-hmm. with in mm-hmm. Persian only. Right. Um, so, and who don't necessarily speak English well. Mm-hmm. So that has allowed me to, you know, make friends with um, yeah. Iranians from Iran, mm-hmm. which I really value right. because, you know, it's it's one thing growing up Iranian-American in the U.S. Yeah. and it's right. another growing up Iranian in Iran. Right. And um, so that also, you know... Has been really interesting making those friendships in adulthood, and it has really um, been a chance for me to learn more about the country and especially, mm-hmm. you know, present day Iran because mm-hmm. um, my my parents left before the revolution, right. so right. you know a lot of uh, the cultural references and the information that I get from them is really dated. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you for for me even uh, my dad looks at me for information about what's happening in Iran. And I'm like, God, you're the one from there, man. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, but, it's changed yeah. radically in a lot of ways. So, yeah. um, you said you visited, uh, California. Uh, did you go often or what was that like? And is most of your mom's family is out there or, uh, yeah, a lot of, we have a lot of family out there that we're close <laughs> mm-hmm. with. Um, so yeah, we would go um, pretty much every summer mm-hmm. um, as kids. Um, sometimes even more than once a year. Okay. So that was really my connection to my, I guess, Iranianness. Mm-hmm. And then my grandmother eventually moved to the U.S. and lived with us. But um, yeah, like I said. Um, Going to California is kind of like the closest thing to go, you know, <laughs> yeah. for us, um, because it wasn't we weren't able to travel to Iran as frequently as we would have liked to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, when I'm even now when I go um, and I'm with my Iranian family there, it's you know, feels very, uh, feels like home, and yeah. so I really love that. Um, and I, I get a kick out of going to Westwood too yeah. and, and seeing all the signs in Persian right. and it's really, it's neat, yeah. you know, and that's, I think one of the great things about the U S is right. that you can have that. Yeah. All right. Do you have any, like, um, I think I've asked you this whenever we had a like pre-interview, like nostalgia. So like any sort of like sense or like experiences that make you feel nostalgic for something else? Yeah, uh, there's one thing that always triggers memory yeah. for me, and it's kind of weird, but like this—the smell of laundromats or uh, yeah. laundry, mm-hmm. fresh lawn, freshly laundered clothing, yeah. I guess—reminds uh, me of um, staying at my mom's uncle's uh, house in his apartment complex mm-hmm. in in um, Los Angeles because we would have to walk by the laundry room to okay. get dinner yeah. All right. and i don't know why to this day it, it still <laughs> triggers that memory but it's it's a positive association yeah yeah i mean there, there are these interesting like kind of smells that come up that, that that bring back these weird memories like anytime i um like whenever there's rain and you know there's that smell that comes off the asphalt mm-hmm. and it immediately takes me back to when i was like four years old and living in country so um so it's that sort of thing um do you have like any other things that you think of uh being iranian american that you want to share so i mean like i said it's i feel really fortunate um because i've you know kind of grown up with the best of both worlds Mm -hmm. um to a large extent and um, I just, I guess I feel a duty in some ways to help, um, educate people on Iran because there's so much, you know, there's so little exposure in the U S mm-hmm. and what you hear about Iran is all 
negative. It's, you know, <laughs> has to do with politics right. and, um, and there's so much more to the country and the people and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's an ancient civilization, which has contributed a lot to the world. Right. Um, so I guess I feel a responsibility to, you know, promote that, the positive aspects of, mm-hmm. um, of our culture. And, you know, I, now I think to a large extent, I go out, make it a point of introducing myself as Iranian American. Right. Um, just because a lot of people maybe have never, you know, met an Iranian mm-hmm. or, you know, to maybe spark a conversation. So, um, yeah, I, that's also why I wanted, you know, to get more involved with the community mm-hmm. now that I'm back living in this area. And, um, it's just a part of me and mm-hmm. a part that I really, uh, cherish. So, mm-hmm. you know, want to, <laughs> to nurture that and, um, share it with other people. Awesome. Well, Thank you, Shireen. I appreciate you taking time out of uh, your week to to meet with me, not once, but twice to have these conversations and, and kind of do this recording, uh, come into DC from uh, all the way out in, in, in the, in Northern Virginia. Um, and yeah, I appreciate you being willing to like talk about this and, and, and record it because oftentimes these are not easy conversations to have, but um, like I said, I appreciate you being open and, and, and to chat about this so thank you very much yeah thank you and i you know i think it's really important what you're doing sharing our <laughs> stories so thanks for you know promoting um a different view of the <laughs> iranian yeah. american community awesome you're welcome thanks I first ran into Shireen in early August 2019. She attended a community-based social hour I had organized. If I'm honest, I made the same mistake that other Iranians make when they first meet her. There is an assumption, based on her appearance, that she's not Iranian. During our very brief interaction, I knew that Shireen would be perfect for the series. What makes Shireen unique among all the other others I've interviewed is that her parents met in Iran. In most other cases, not just with the five others I've interviewed, the the parents of half Iranian, half American kids don't meet in Iran. Rather, they're meeting in the U.S. or Europe while the Iranian parent is studying or working abroad. Her father spent nearly a decade living in Iran, his first experience there coming when his own father worked there with the State Department in the 60s. He was supposed to work on a Ph.D. in Iranian studies, but ended up taking a different path. Owing to her, her father's time in Iran, both before and after he met and married Shireen's mother, Shireen and her siblings grew up in a household speaking mostly Persian. This likely led Shireen to a lifelong love of languages, but it also meant that her experience and connection to the Iranian culture had some significant differences to the other five I've interviewed. She had an almost instantaneous connection with the culture, one that didn't require learning a language later on to appreciate, appreciate its richness and deepness. Both parents spoke the language fluently, and her father's family had already spent a significant amount of time in Iran, so were appreciative of what it means to be Iranian and the cultural aspects that surround it. They weren't made uncomfortable by the food or strange idiosyncrasies that may have been off-putting to other families. Instead, they embraced Shireen's mother and their bicultural, biracial grandchildren, and later on, both her grandmothers ended up living together. For me, though, there's never been much interaction between my mom's side and my dad's. Sure, the distance has been something of a prohibiting factor, but even at our weddings, there wasn't much dialogue. It was only recently that I was able to have two of my cousins meet and then spend an evening together telling stories and bonding over their shared connection. But like the others, there was a longing for a deeper relationship with her Iranian family. The distance often plays a prohibitive role in in developing those linkages into something more was the same thing that limited Shireen's experiences to yearly summer visits to California. That's still more than others I've interviewed with the exception of maybe Maral. 
Shireen, though, seemed far more comfortable in her Iranian-Americanness than to the others. Maybe it was because there was never a battle that played out between either side for her identity, like some have experienced. Or maybe it was because from an early age she felt protected in, a, in the liberal confines of Virginia. I didn't get a sense of unease or deep-seated resentment that I felt at times with others. If anything, though, whereas the rest of us have the features that make us stand out as Iranian, Shireen struggles proving her Iranianist because she doesn't. And even when she can hold her own speaking Persian fluently, there's often a hesitation by other Iranians to engage in their common language. They've thro- they're thrown off and will often introduce themselves with their American names, which itself is worthy of an entirely different conversation. What do you think? What stood out to you? Do you know someone like Shireen? Let me know what you think. Shoot me an email at whydadjacentpodcast at gmail.com or comment wherever you've downloaded the podcast. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to catch the other five episodes. Next time they ask you where you're from, you tell them I'm from every goddamn place you're crushing with your thumb. Next time they ask what kind of name, you tell them it's the kind you're scared of, but I'll say it just the same, and if they want. Who you are Well this time don't say nothing You just pick up your guitar White Adjacent is brought to you by Bourbon and Chai Media. Final production by Ian Martin. Interviews recorded by HeartCast Media, located in the DuPont Circle neighborhood of Washington, D.C. Music by Nima Samimi and his band Muhammad Seven. The song, entitled Manifesto, comes from their debut album Muhammad Seven and the Spring. The album can be found on iTunes or on their website, muhammadseven.com. And a special thanks to John Maines over at SB Works, a local nonprofit in Washington, D.C.'s Northeast Quadrant.